Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Monday, the 30th of January. First up, Jeremy is back on Twitter and has proof Twitter trust and safety is compromised by Eliza Blue. This is bad. I'm back. That's right. You're definitely going to want to check out my pinned tweet on my main Twitter account. Open a new window, though. Don't let YouTube see you leaving this video. You're going to want to check your Twitter at some point in this video because I've got some uh, spicy receipts for all of you, including a panic thread on Sunday from the VP of Twitter's trust and safety that all but confirms to me that uh, Eliza Blue is working directly with Twitter trust and safety vice president Ella Irwin. Both are compromised. An important point here. I don't know if you knew this or not. Eliza Blue does not work for Twitter. However, it appears that she is single-handedly dictating new trust and safety policy to silence and ban critics. Now, what the crazy thing about this whole story is this video was and still is a nothing burger. So you had some phase out there where you threw your b-hole out there. Like, who cares? That was a million years ago. I don't think anyone would have cared. What's more curious to me is your reaction to it, the deplatforming, the banning. This, I, I want to say it's also important to point out, not just like my account being locked, but also, um, you know, Brittany Venti, Yellow Flash, Camelot. There have also been accounts that have been banned. There have also been accounts that have been locked out and it just says you violated a rule. It doesn't even say what rule they violated. Uh, I'm going to leave my my locals in the description, uh, in the pinned comment. If you haven't followed me on locals yet, please do. I no longer trust Twitter. I've got a video about that today too. I'll be giving the kibosh. I'm kind of get, I want to give Elon some time to look at this thread because I think it proves, you know, without a shadow of a doubt that I posted anyway. So you're going to want to check that out. And, uh, you know, Ella Irwin says, I can't tell you to like and retweet it. So definitely don't like and retweet it. But uh, this came out on Saturday. Coincidentally, okay, this is why I say this is just irrefutable to me. It's just irrefutable to me. Within just a few moments, both... Eliza Blue issued new wild claims. This is what you would call vague posting. And that within minutes, Eliza makes this new claim about how she was victimized in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't care about that. That's for the police, okay? But what I care about is the fact that Ella Irwin released a new Twitter thread with brand new rules that seem to be specifically designed to protect Eliza Blue, a non-Twitter employee, first and foremost. And the timing of these two tweets proved to me that the two were in some level of constant communication. I would expect Elon Musk to be looking at Ella Irwin's DMs with Eliza Blue because this was just too coincidental. She tweets out, I have been exploited in multiple ways. I'd like to thank Worldstar for removing a video depicting me on Wednesday of this week. Again, Worldstar, the website perhaps removed the video, but you issued a privacy complaint on YouTube to get the video removed. And I also want to point out here is the vice, I'm sorry, the chief, the COO, the COO of Worldstar. Okay. In an email 
in response to this, and I have the original email, okay? It's not just a screenshot floating around the internet. She was paid for this video and we own the full rights. Anything can be addressed further, can be addressed further via legal. She did not own that video. She was paid for it. And in my Twitter thread, I show you, and maybe I'll play a little clip of it now, that she begged Worldstar to be in these videos. She wrote them. She pitched the idea. That doesn't really sound like somebody who's being taken advantage of. And then moments later, Ellie Irwin. Now, this is why it's more concerning to me. Ella Irwin is the vice president of Twitter's trust and safety. New Yol Roth, same as the old Yol Roth, okay? Puts out this tweet on a Sunday afternoon, clearly in response to Eliza Blue. Now, again, we have a single person who does not work at Twitter clearly dictating new rules that everyone on Twitter has to abide by. Think about that level of corruption. Think about that. Sure, it's personal for me, but who the heck is this woman? And why does she get to connect directly with Ella Irwin and, and fabricate new rules? This is like, my Twitter blue is just done. I'm done and I'm going to have a different Twitter files thread on that about how clearly these two are working together. And, you know, I just can't financially support that. Um, and I also don't, I no longer believe that Elon doesn't know about this. He was tweeting all weekend. His entire mentions thread were full of people pointing this out. And then Ella responded on a Sunday. So clearly it went downhill. So she writes, this is in direct reference to us. In the past two weeks, we've suspended multiple accounts or restricted content, causing confusion for, confusion for users. Unfortunately, we can't answer questions or share details about specific users and account actions. But here are some things that can lead to these type of actions. First, we will suspend accounts for threats. Fine. Okay, nobody cares about that. All right. This includes, for example, declaring war on an individual or a group of people based on their race or religion, or asking your followers to join you in this fight. Now, I don't know. That's really mealy-worded. Does it mean that I can't tell people to go to my brand, new, go to my pinned tweet on my Twitter account and look at all the beautiful, glorious receipts, do it in a new window, and then like and retweet all of those tweets to get the word out? Does that, Or does it only mean I can't do that if it's because of race or religion? Which, like, that might be okay, I think. But anyway, I digress. The issues are complex and often resolved in court. We don't determine who in a legal slash criminal case is ultimately right or wrong, but we will continue to ensure to protect users, comply with local laws, and remove content when required. Second, here's where we're talking about Liza Blue. We restrict accounts slash content when we receive a properly filed report that content was obtained legally or violates someone's rights. These are often legal notices or court orders improperly filed reports are rejected. So what she might be saying between the lines here is that Eliza Blue filed the appropriate paperwork and Twitter was just doing their job. Now, I talked to a couple of people who have been very quiet about this publicly, but privately. And they seem to say, they seem to be afraid to question, you know, to, to call out this bad behavior because, well, 
she had some bad things allegedly happen to her and she's doing good work. Okay. Two things can be true at once. Maybe some horrible things happened to her in her past and that sucks. And I hope that she would name the people. I, as far as I know, she's never named these people. Uh, and uh, I would support them going to prison if, if, if what she said is true. Okay. I support her in that. I also support whatever it is that she does as a advocate. I don't know what it is. I see her posting awards for her advocacy, but all I ever see is her retweeting or quote tweeting articles. If that's all it takes, I guess. Maybe she's doing something during the day that I don't know about. It's entirely possible. I think that there are a lot of, and hey, by the way, stop super chatting creators who don't want to talk about this. Stop giving them your hard-earned money to, to ask them to talk about this. That's like, uh, a very frustrating thing to see someone raking in thousands of dollars and still refuse, refusing to talk about it. Anyway, um, so again, we have a non-Twitter employee. It's so easy. People are like, that's just drama. No, it's not. We have a non-Twitter employee having trust and safety ban people and rewrite the rules of seemingly for, for again, an individual who seems to be slightly embarrassed of an old booty shaking video, which isn't even that big of a deal. We've had to suspend accounts, remove documentaries, videos, tweets, and photos recently when the proper reporting process was followed. Again, so she's saying, well, our hands are tied. What are we supposed to do? And then I've had Eliza defenders tell me privately, what are you supposed to do? Is, 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 is Elon supposed to publicly question a survivor and an advocate? I understand. The people who are trying to look at this and say, hey, he's in an impossible position. Okay. He doesn't have to do it publicly. But why is Ella Irwin doing it? Why is she doubling and tripling down supporting this when it's been very clear? I'm not against having this type of policy. Look, if somebody posts like revenge photos or all this stuff. I don't think anyone cares that Twitter would take that down. What people are mad about is that we know that this video was not a revenge type situation. That was not non-consensual. And you ban dozens of accounts anyway, and then triple down on it, even though the evidence is very clear that she's lying. So what Twitter is essentially saying is, look, if somebody lies to us and files this information, we are not the judge, jury, and executioner, so we're just going to take it down. I actually understand that. I disagree with it, but I understand that. It's like YouTube with their uh, you know, copyright strikes. YouTube cannot insert themselves in the middle as an, a judge or jury. All they do is just let the claim go through or take the video down or whatever, okay? That's fine. That's true. I can't expect Twitter to do a deep dive every time someone falsely claims something. All right. That's the reality of it. Even when there's insurmountable evidence in the contrary, if somebody wants to file some sort of false report or claim that they didn't, that they did not agree to this video, there's nothing Twitter can do. Okay. I'm still very concerned the level of control this non-employee seems to have with the vice president of trust and safety. And you see, she does say eight hours ago, 
We've been digging into this issue for the past few weeks, and we'll be putting some things in place to better detect bad faith reports and reporters faster. What's concerning to me is my account sat in purgatory for a full week. Ignore, they ignored my appeal for a full week. Eliza Blue is clearly too well-connected inside of Twitter, and I have serious concerns about Ella Irwin. And I have a nice little Twitter thread about it that, you know, if you like it, obviously I can't implore you to, you know, but what about when they start blocking the links? This was a link to the original video. So not only did YouTube restrict accounts, but then they added this warning to a link to a publicly safe YouTube. There's so much more. They're doing so much more than they say they are. And I think you can definitely read in on this thread, which hopefully by the end of the day, we'll have 20 or 30,000 likes on it because it's going to be very interesting. And next up today, Mr. Beast blasted for curing blindness in 1,000 people. The left is outraged. Mr. Beast cures 1,000 people's blindness. And you think, well, that's good, right? Yeah, that's the normal response to that. Except you're not a lunatic leftist who are now raging that he dared to cure the vision of 1,000 people Worldwide. Now, of course, you have the jealous creator takes where it's like, man, he's just doing it for YouTube growth. And we're going to talk about that, too, because uh, to, to bring back a 90s phrase, uh, uh, no doy, of course, he's doing it to grow his YouTube channel. But does that uncure the thousand people? Does that uh, unchange their lives? No, of course not. And also, of course, he paid for it all. And he also gave one of them a car and he gave another one of them like 10 grand and he gave another. So, so what? But then you have these like uh, mega brains uh, on Twitter getting mad at him about it, which makes no sense to me at all. Now, Mr. Beast curing blindness video splits opinion as some claim he just wants YouTube growth. It, it actually doesn't split opinion. No real person actually views this as anything negative. Like no actual person who, who isn't terminally online doesn't think this is amazing. Okay. Well-known YouTuber Jimmy Mr. Beast Donaldson has a history of doing fantastical and amazing things from walking on water to hosting his very own squid game. He's used that pause popularity in various philanthropic ways, usually releasing videos to coincide with them even going so far as having a channel dedicated to philanthropic ph philanthropic efforts, such, such as giving a million dollars of food to people in need, gave 200,000 people who lost their jobs. Again, there is literally no victim in this. Now, some Twitter users have accused Mr. Beast of producing and creating a video as a means to further his YouTube empire and profit from it. So what? So what? Does does any of these do any of these people whose like vision was cured? Did did do you think they care? Is it it's like that famous meme like, <laughs> like he I consent I consent. Well, haven't you? But have you asked? Isn't there somebody you forgot to ask? Like the internet, you know. 
Meanwhile, others have defended Mr. Beast vehemently, calling out such a negative reaction to the video, essentially stating that it's just the other side complaining about everything. You can see there's something so demonic about this that I can't even articulate what it is. And this tweet got like thousands and thousands and thousands of likes. What's demonic about it? And then like Charity Prawn. This got 3,000 likes. Right at the start of it, they say something about 50% of blindness is curable. Then they just see them dancing around like it's a talk show charity segment. Uh, so? So? By the way, Hassan, another multimillionaire, that could certainly help many people. Uh, you know, you see, watching the video, Hassan became filled with rage, claiming that the American healthcare system has locked the inaccessible surgery and turn people's eyesight behind a paywall. Now look, I think, first of all, he does this for people all around the world, not just the United States. And I'm not gonna simp for the American healthcare system. Um, but like, the idea is like, you know, he expressed frustration over it, stating that making the procedure readily available, it's up to one YouTube guy to provide the surgery to people who are too poor to afford it. Well, according to the cost of it, um, you know, eventually, you know, you understand, like, even I will say like, look, first of all, this is something that even Mr. Beast put out and saying now, now obviously communists are celebrating this, but like, you're right. I don't understand why curable blindness is even a thing. Why don't governments step in and help? Even if you think it's purely from a financial standpoint, it's hard to see how they don't get an ROI on taxes from people being able to work again. 100% agree. We also have probably 100 other curable diseases that our government doesn't fix for us for free either. But the communists are like, oh, hold up. He's learning about capitalism. It's time to radicalize Mr. Beast. I mean, uh, you know, I think that, you know, then you have Brian Krasenstein, who's like a crazy reply guy on Twitter. Uh, you know, I think it's a, a fair thing to talk about, but to actually villainize Mr. Beast is ridiculous. You can see, you know, while most of his viewers hailed Mr. Beast a hero for providing these people the opportunity to get the surgery they couldn't otherwise afford, others criticized the creator for using his good deeds as content. It's like when uh, Ethan Klein charity shamed Jeff Bezos for not giving enough of his money to charity. It's like, hey, man, you know, keep your eye off another another guy's wallet, maybe. Maybe don't worry about that. You know, like within hours, the video was met with the usual excitement and admiration in the comment section on Twitter. Dang, as a person with total blindness and one eye has made me tear up. Uh, others took the issue with the video, especially on the issues it raises regarding healthcare. Many people pointed out that the surgeries Mr. Beast is paying for out of his own pocket is what universal healthcare looks like. I mean, does it? Would Mr. Beast have had the same amount of money in this system? I don't know. Uh, you know, would you would you like to be paying 70% income tax? I don't know. Would you like to be waiting seven hours in line and then be like in Canada where they're literally putting people down for being too sick? I don't know. Certainly, our healthcare system in the United States has many problems, um, far more than um, you know one one video can explain. But the idea that like this video is anything but good, this video calling it this dude calling it demonic got eighty thousand likes. 
a Twitter user with the handle of whatever summarized a common criticism. It's never under cycle of content creation that makes Mr. Beast feel insidious. The underlying notion that if the camera wasn't on to feed the machine, nothing would happen. The dystopian thought that we're reliant on YouTube views instead of competent government for assistance. I don't really see how that's a Mr. Beast problem. You know, this isn't the first time, by the way, Mr. Beast's intentions have been questioned during the height of his popularity. During the height of popularity for the Netflix series Squid Games, creators gathered around, blah, blah, blah. Viewers quickly pointed out that the stunt completely missed the point of the series, which was uh, read as treaties with capitalism, or as the very least, a critique of finding entertainment value in low-earning individuals competing for large sums of money. I guess. And then Time Magazine whines that he's untouchable. Criticism notwithstanding, Mr. Beast, for now, seemingly untouchable. His contentification of good deeds continues to prove its worth. I'm sorry, it's a problem when Mr. Beast does it but not when literally every local news person does it or when um, literally every uh, charity on the planet records their content for YouTube and uploads it. It's somehow their, their fault. Like, I don't even understand. Um, I, I don't get it. <laughs> when I give a thousand people a 10 minute surgery that cures their blindness, my YouTube video goes viral, but when I ask why 10-minute surgery isn't provided to anyone who needs it, they call me a communist. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure I would use the word demonic, but there are people that just hate Mr. Beast. And look, it's also, one could argue, you know, because most people on Twitter are not very smart, one could argue that the current system of capitalism is why he's able to do this. I'd be willing to bet you that if every multimillionaire like Hassan, who's whining about it, would would donate, you know, 20% of their, their portfolios right now, they could probably get everybody in the United States done. It'd be no different than me having to pay it to the government, right? I mean, you people are miserable. It's hilarious. Imagine finding negative and a thousand people being able to cure, you know, to it's 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 insane. Now it is fair to bring up the topic of the US healthcare system, you know. Which, unfortunately, for those, you know, at or even like middle class or lower in this country, it's it's over. I mean, it's exceedingly expensive. People have to make decisions every day um, for medical procedures that maybe they need but can't afford or they're making choices with their money. And that that's gut wrenching. And, you know, you don't like, you know, people don't like that. And I think that's a fair criticism to make. But none of that is Mr. Beast's problem. You know, it's, it's like, it's maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we don't have to look at the, for the negative and literally every little thing on the planet. Uh, I think what Mr. Beast did is great. Obviously these people are too stupid to understand that capitalism is the reason why Mr. Beast has the money to do this. They're also too stupid to understand that the reason he has the money, the reason these surgeries are getting done is because it's being done for content. They're too stupid to understand that the reason he has the will, uh, he has the connections, he has the means is because of his content creation. They just want to be mad. Commies just want to be mad. And, uh, you know, you could be mad that these people didn't have the surgery, but we also don't know their each individual story. And certainly I don't know what like the healthcare system is in all these other countries he went to. So, you know, sometimes people make choices with their money. For example, I just saw, I mean, it's not based on a true story, but I just saw the whale over the weekend. And 
Brendan Fraser is like his character in the movie is trying to save all his money for his daughter. I don't want to spoil it, but like he makes decisions not to get metal medical procedures, even though he has the money. So I, I don't know, you know, should people be able to, you know, get this stuff fixed? I think it, you can make a very good business case for it. Um, you know, Hey, they get back in the system. They can pay taxes. I'm not against that argument, but, uh, to, to rage at Mr. Beast about it is, uh, super not helpful. And next up today, taxpayer-funded theater bans all white customers from shows. You know, we've talked about this, joked about it multiple times on this channel that, you know, people are getting so woke that they're actually bringing segregation back. And it's just, it's been the case. I mean, it's just, it's, it's so bizarre to me. Uh that we're seeing articles like this. And this is from like today theater, uh, now banning, uh, white folks or saying blacks only apparently, uh, audience policy. Absolutely insane. We saw this with, uh, the black Panther movie, Wakanda forever, where there was these weird, like, uh, activists or whatever you might call them on Twitter saying like, Hey, white people, don't see Black Panther Wakanda forever. Buy a ticket for a black person and then and then pretend that you aren't looking down on them by ha by purchasing a ticket they could probably afford themselves. I, I, it's one of the weirdest things, but it's it's not the first time. And it's it's just like, can we can we just stop? Like, can we just can we just stop with this? I mean, it's 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 uh, you know, it's it's insane. And when you have, I mean, like, back to you the know, back. whoops, sorry. The, uh, you know, you have activists coming out and saying like, white people must skip. Remember this it was back in November. Uh, a BLM activist said, uh, to all Caucasian people, don't you dare go into the movie on opening weekend. Seats should be safe slash reserved for people of color and more specifically black people. And if you don't abide by these rules, then you're anti-black. We also see, I mean, like, what was I supposed to, was, what, is this apply to all movies with a uh, black cast? Like, nope. Um, or, you know, any of these, um, you know, other movies that are coming out. I, I just can't keep up with the racial segregation in the name of uh, being woke. But you have this article, uh, Audience Sparks Outreach. I'm sorry, Theater Sparks Outreach with black only audience policy. So you have two major, and it's like, it's like you roll your eyes thinking about this, but like it's happening. It keeps happening and it keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again. And they keep saying, oh, you're being crazy. You're just some weird, weird left or right, right chud bud or whatever. You don't, you don't really, you know, this stuff doesn't really happen. In Ottawa, the National Arts Theater, one of Canada's biggest, by the way, taxpayer-funded performing arts organization, will hold its first ever blackout night on February 17th at the 897-seat Babs Asper Theater. The organization is putting on a performance of Is God Is, a revenge story about two African-American sisters written in 2018. A similar event is also planned by the Theatre Passe Muriel, I'm sure I mispronounced that, in Toronto 
on February 9th with two plays of OK, You Can Stop Now and X and Da Spirit, which was written about the author's experiences during BLM. Oh, who wouldn't want to pay to see that? According to the Toronto Theatre, the purpose of the event is to facilitate, quote, a safe environment for a personal and intimate discussion on the work made and performed by black artists. So the implication here is that if any other color, by the way, this is not just whites. This is any other color, apparently, too. Um, the inherent presence of, say, white people is dangerous, is what these theaters are saying, that they can't have conversations if white people are in the room. Um, it's weird to me if any other race would to do this were to do this, people would call it insane. They would be calling them supremacists. If white people came out and said like, Hey, that new Captain America movie. Yeah. Whites only. We need to be able to have a whites, us, the, the monolith of the delegate of the whites need to get together. I, I can almost guarantee a white person planned this too. I just, I just feel like I know it. However, while white attendees cannot be banned legally from attending the show, the theater made it clear that they would not be welcome. Quote, if someone identifies as a non-black person, identifies by this, so race isn't even real, and requests to enter the room, a member of our team will be present to speak to that person. Quote, we try our best to have, I think everyone, by the way, if you live near one of these theaters, like, I mean, don't you think that it would be really interesting if like 200 non-black people showed up and wanted to see their movie? By the way, I just, who are the black folks that are requesting this? Not any that I would know. We try our best to have this labor land on a non-black staff member. Oh, we want to have it land on a non-black staff members. And we will have non-black front of the house leadership or technical and production team members present in the lobby to help de-escalate such situations. So to be clear, this is blacks only. So by the way, if you're going to, I don't want to hear a single leftist say that they can't, then, then white people or Asian people can't do this. Right? Why can't white people then have a whites only if they don't feel safe? Quote, we will also specify across our ticketing and show pages, social media, and other communications that the blackout night is dedicated to black audiences. By the way, if you wanted your story told and you were a particular minority, wouldn't you want more people there? I, don't, I just don't understand this. In Ottawa, the National Arts Center said, no one is turned away at the door. There will be no checkpoints for blackout night ticket holders. and No questions will be asked about their identity, race, or gender. Oh, okay, so the other theater doesn't want to start fights. A not, oh, well, here we go, though. A non-black member of staff will be on hand to have a chat with anyone who seeks to defy the admissions policy. Okay, no, so they are banning them. They are banning them outright. By the way, taxpayer-funded. You want to destroy your local business or your private business by being racist? That's your choice. Um, but this is taxpayer-funded. Reaction to Blackout Nights have been hostile. Duh. Columnist Brian Lilly blasted the move in Toronto Sun. What's, what is bothersome about this is of the apparent segregationist appeal, he wrote. Rather than encouraging black theatergoers in what is a mostly white but slowly diversifying national capital, 
to attend. The NAC makes it sounds like this event is for only for black patrons. But Shifter, a Canadian Shifter, a Canadian magazine celebrating black culture, disagreed. Oh, I'm sure they did. Any attempt at carving out a dedicated space for racialized communities often labeled as some sort of racist and counterproductive to this utopian kumbaya idea of all people getting along. Okay, so then this writer supports white white only areas. I'm assuming. Like, I, I would assume. And like, again, this is not uncommon. Although, also, you know, question, what in the heck is black identifying? You either are black or you're not. How do you identify as it? I don't understand. Now you can see update. Canada's NAC has tightened up the admission requirements for its upcoming race segregated performance. It's no longer black identifying. It's now black full stop. So don't even think about going if say you're indigenous, Asian or white. I've contacted that Canada's NAC just to confirm that their anti-racial mixing policy for this public prohibits mixed race couples. What if your wife or husband is black? Are you not allowed to attend? It's, it's absolutely appalling uh, that anyone would bend over backwards to try and justify this crap. It's just racist. Um, the idea that, first of all, I don't know how many white people are going to be running to see a, BL, a play about BLM anyway. But I do think that preemptively banning them, uh, I don't think that that's pr progress. And here's, here's an inconvenient truth. There are many people, by the way, in all communities that don't see any problem with this. You know, there, there, there is definitely members of the black community that don't believe that, you know, that, that are happy to stay you know, in that community. There are members of the white community that are like that too. I think it's, it's bad. I think it's short-sighted. I think it's um, racist. But don't, let's not pretend like there aren't people of all skin colors and races that believe that they, they, they want, you know, that they would be, that's why you have communities of certain groups of people that stay that way, close-knit, right? I don't think it's good, but it's the way it is. Uh, and the idea that you could have you know, black identifying audience only at this event is, is just absurd. And it's no different than this crap that happens in the United States too. I'm sure there was some theater in the United States that tried to do this too. It's dumb because I don't even understand going back to Black Panther. What in the heck Black Panther had to do with black anything? It's a fictional movie. It was created by white people. So I don't even understand this take just because it's a, a black superhero and that's important. Okay. I mean, Blade was a thing. There, you know, there are other Spawn. There are other black superheroes, uh, but like, you know, I don't know why you'd want to prohibit other people from celebrating your superhero. It just doesn't, and none of it makes sense to me. And next up, the Erasure of Women is corporate sponsored. Dylan Mulvaney and Sam Smith are just the start. I'm generally a live and let live guy, probably a little too much as some of my viewers have said, but I have some questions about what's going on within like the mainstream media and their perceived worship of these, um, of, you know, biological men acting like women or, uh, many have uh, claimed, for example, uh, donning woman face. 
someone like Dylan Mulvaney, who has literally made a career out of their transition to womanhood or whatever it is that they're calling it, um, is worshipped by the media. And it's really just a huge concern for, I think, the society. This is what our media thinks is important. This is what our media thinks is uh is is cool and 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 you should know about it you could see trans influencer dylan mulvaney gives quote face reveal after a feminization surgery now i'm of the mindset look you're adult you can do whatever you want uh for the most part but i do have some concerns with some of these doctors you know this okay they got some plastic surgery whatever low risk but when you're talking about like someone who's, you know, 18 on the dot, you know, you know, cutting off whole parts and then, you know, posting it on the Internet and talking about how freeing it is. I'm concerned that there's at least a non zero percentage of people that are doing this because they're still confused or that they're they want clout or that they that doctors that are doing these procedures. Um, I don't feel like are, are living up to the do no harm part of their their oath. But nonetheless, on Friday. TikTok influencer Dylan Mulvaney released a video revealing the results of facial feminization cosmetic surgery, a procedure the social media star claimed was life-saving. And this is the stuff I'm talking about. We have this whole ter terminology now called um, gender-affirming, right? It's important that I get this surgery, I alter my body, or I would have literally died. There's actually... You know, very little evidence around this. We don't know because we've really only been doing these surgeries for a short period of time uh, in general. But they are often reported by the media as if like they are the most important thing that they could have done. And, you know, it's it's tough because in my position, uh, you know, I live and let live. But where my concern starts is when you start like advertising this to, to youth and you start you know, placing it as a lifestyle, something cool to do. And you see, that's a wrap on my face reveal. Oh my gosh, Mulvaney said. Ah, I missed you. Blah, blah, blah. I have flair for the dramatics. And if you look do at this the before vid, bed to stop um, receding gums. Ah, why is there. Oh no. Well, um, I'm not going Some to. Decaying watch... oh. teeth before it's too late. 25% of adults over 65. So I'm not going to play the audio here as I'm sure it's like some sort of, uh, you know, copywritten music. But yeah, this is, you know, the pageantry and oh my God, this is so empowering and so powerful. All men, you know, it's like the same thing that you see on Twitter where it's like, how, how come men don't wear more dresses? How, why, what's stopping men from wearing more dresses? Uh, what's stopping men from dating biological men? who get their face altered to look like women. It, it's all, it's all like feels like it's being pushed on, 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 well, on men, essentially. There's this whole movement of like, oh, you, want, you don't want to date a biological male? Uh, you're a bigot. And of course you see. And I just hope that all the not all trans and non-binary people can get the gender-affirming resources that they need. Because this is life-changing and sometimes, sometimes life-saving. Okay, I'd buy sometimes. So thank you for supporting me. We've got much to catch up on.
The second portion features him posing as if in a film premiere. The third portion is a direct address to the audience. You know, gender, this article writes, gender affirming care is a euphemism used to refer to a person's medicalized changes, typically including life-changing uh, puberty blockers, hormone treatments, and, and surgeries. This term is frequently deployed when speaking about uh, young ones who often identify as trans. In October, Mulvaney, who is Mulvaney, who has referred to women's junk as Barbie pockets, was invited to the White House and spoke with Joe Biden about gender-affirming care. In the interview, Mulvaney, who once identified as a gay man, then non-binary, then a woman, said that trans people aren't going anywhere and that trans kids deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves. Hey, I agree with you. I just don't want, uh, you know, people on TikTok pushing them towards, you know, life-altering surgeries or taking pills or all this kind of stuff. And you see Jess writes, Dylan is just another man who thinks he's a girl because he likes to dance, sing, and play dress-up. If you don't see how offensive this is to woman, women, you're blind. There's been this great push to erase women and, quite frankly, replace them with men, biological men. I'm not sure exactly what's driving it, but this is perhaps the most obvious and, and insidious um, misogynistic force in modern era. Like, the idea that you know, so many of the opinions of a lot of these folks are just deeply against women. A lot of these, you know, these uh, biological men who seem to hate women end up becoming, you know, transitioning. And, you know, you see in this, uh, you know, this post, Ali London writes, YouTube does not have any age restrictions on Sam Smith's degrading, degrading, spicified new music video. Five-year-olds can search this off and watch with no content restrictions. Sam Smith, this is not art, this is not trendy, this is not empowering, empowering this is monstrous. Now, yeah, the video is gross. Um, again, I'm not going to say that it shouldn't exist. Music videos, you know, have always kind of pushed the boundaries. Remember, old Tool videos are pretty wild. You could look at Nine Inch Nail videos, pretty wild. Uh, I, I mean, even Madonna videos back in the day were probably pretty wild, and a whole lot of other things. But, you know, I would argue that at least it's reasonable to want some sort of age gate on a video where a guy is like walking around in pasties and you know uh i just i don't understand why people are so like against treating these individuals like anyone else that's all i think you would want right why do we give special treatment if it was a, a, a biological woman who sam smith clearly identifies as or whatever walking around with pasties on all this stuff i think i would want that video age gated too you know, adults, you can watch whatever you want. You can see in this video, Sam Smith Smith said Twitter ablaze over the weekend of releasing a music video featuring hyper-spicy scenes, including the British songwriter wearing clasps uh, and having liquid blasted in their face, as if to, of course, well, I don't need to tell you what that was supposed to look like. Smith, who identifies as, oh, non-binary, sorry, not a woman, and used... They, them pronouns, released the album titled Glory on Friday. The new music, blah, 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 blah. I'm not here to make any friends. Don't care. You know, and I think, like, I guess. You see what Dominique Samuels writes here? Sam Smith is a perfect example of what degenerate Hollywood culture does to people. It makes celebrities vulgar, hyper-spicified, and obsessed with wearing 
it like a costume and shoving it in everyone's face. That makes matters worse. Kids look up to this. Look, I don't want to get in like the conserva boomer world of where we need to ban everything. And if something, you know, is not my bag or I think it's a little gross that I want, like, you know, that I want stuff banned. But, you know, an age gate I think would be reasonable. But I think like we've seen the galactic powers of they, them in the media um, where like you don't have to worry about any real criticism or any real pushback because the media is afraid to say, you know, hey, I don't care what you identify as. I don't think this video is appropriate for kids. I don't think it's appropriate for kids to be consuming Dylan Mulvaney content either, in my opinion. To me, Dylan Mulvaney is, uh, is a walking billboard for um, life-altering procedures and also glorifying it because he's used these things to become famous. And kids now... The number one thing they want to be is some sort of TikToker or influencer or YouTuber. And they see like, oh, well, I'm 12 or 13. I'm a little confused about things. Um, not only can I, you know, do this, but I could get super famous for it. People never talk about that aspect. Um, there's some, you know, um, level of trendiness, popularity that these influencers are selling. And this is a part of it, Right. Getting your body altered is a part of it. That's how Dylan Mulvaney got popular, is doing these things. So it's just as part of just as much a part of Dylan Mulvaney's brand as you know the woman face that he so clearly presents. It's an insult to women. Uh, and this guy's worshipped in the media. Uh, and uh, this biological male is uh, worshipped in the media. It's absolutely uh, just not okay. And uh, it's it's a massive you know, disrespect to biological women. But see, over the last 10 years, you know, the media has been working on degrading men. If you look at modern television, you know, men, especially white men, are often pretty much only relegated to the butt of the joke nowadays. Now they're coming for straight women. It's because nobody said anything when they came for the men. You know, no one stood up. Now they're coming for biological women. They're come they're you know in your sports and in your acting roles and literally in your spaces, in your locker rooms. But nobody said anything when they came for the men, right? And next up today, men's rights video game causes meltdown and journalists get tricked into spreading its message. If you ever want to see like a, a leftist or an SGW or a journalist absolutely freak out, mention men's rights to them. It's uh, it's literally their kryptonite. They think men have it so incredibly easy, even when presented with, you know, many of the statistical facts about men, you know, in terms of their prison sentences uh, versus women for the same crime, in terms of um, rates of, uh, you know, taking yourself off this planet, rates of homelessness, all these things that far disproportionately affect men. Uh, now... Uh, the very same people who want nothing but politics in video games is upset when somebody puts politics in their video games that they don't like. $2,000 Steam game starts with eight minute long men's rights rant. First of all, the $2,000 game seems like a troll. I, I would guess. I I'm guessing. And they tweeted out about like $2,000 Steam game starts with eight minute dialogue about men's rights 
The real game is a developer playing playing you by using clickbait-worthy absurd piece to indirectly, indirectly spread a manifesto that would otherwise go unseen as if it were a normally priced free indie release that sounds fun to play as PowerPoint. Exactly. They absolutely fooled them into it. Game, you know, this game developer absolutely fooled uh, Kotaku and like other news outlets into spreading their their men's rights comments. Just came here to say men's right and to block Kotaku. I mean, this site is completely toast, uh, and and they've been melting down about this game that really nobody would have seen. It has two user reviews. I suspect they probably don't or have not played the game. You see, not recommend. It's got 0.8 hours. Oh, maybe they did buy it. This uh, this is the worst game ever made. Yes, worse than Big Rigs or whatever else you're managing. It's not incompetent, drably written, hideously illustrated, and offers contemptible worldview. Its developers a, developers a thin skin uh, buffoon who I'd pity for how pathetic he is if his vacuous screds weren't so soulless. So somebody bought the game, never intended on keeping it, and left that review. They played for 0.8. And, you know, like, <laughs> no, I did not buy this. But people are reviewing it anyway. I mean, like, <laughs> I don't care. Two thousand dollars for this game is a steal. Honestly, can't wait for the sequel, even more hidden and unknown. Plus, here's a, a got it easy, hundred percent achievement. It's a social experiment, worth every penny. Um, you know, you can also see a lot of people, uh, kind of, ex, you know, understanding that of course this was a meme. Steam gets a bunch of new games all the time, but one has been making headlines for this week is absurdly exorbitant two thousand dollar price tag. That game, The Hidden and Unknown, isn't exactly worth your time, though, especially, especially, especially considering it has an extremely long opening text crawl all about men's rights and the human cycle of reproduction. Ew. Ew. Developed by ProX.team, The Hidden and Unknown is the latest indie Steam title to capture some of the internet's attention for a handful of reasons. Yeah, it really is $2,000. Yeah, it really does take less than two hours to finish. And yeah, it really does have a Star Wars-like opening scroll that's eight minutes long and completely unskippable. The facets alone make the game somewhat curious for gamers like myself. You know how gamers are always calling themselves gamers, right? Everyone knows that. No, you know, every, You're not a real gamer until you write your gamer on the internet. And you mentioned a recent video game. However, the thesis in the opening sequence has me raising eyebrows as it posts, posits that most Western, Western men today are feminine. Pfft, agree. And incapable of taking the lead. Big agree. In other words, soy boys are a no-no. I mean, like, I, I think that there's this idea of the whole so-called human cycle that cannot be stopped as long as humanity continues to exist. Well... Okay. I mean, here you have, there's so much to unpack here. I don't even know where to begin. However, if you're familiar with men's rights activism, a political movement centered around the notion of a structural discrimination against men, <clears throat> again, I just showed you, 
I just told you that there are indeed things that go against men. Men will serve longer terms in prison for the same crime as women. Men will see, um, you know, serve harsher sentences. Um, men disproportionately get the short end of the stick in terms of custody agreements. Men obviously suffer from homelessness at rates three to four or five times as much as females. Uh, you know, men, men are, you know, deal with mental health in the ultimate manner, far more than women. Uh, you know, systems of support for men are pathetic. Um, you know, you see, you know, a million women's shelters and zero men's shelters. You talk about the way that men are mocked when they're being uh, vulnerable or asking for help. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. And then they wrote, uh, it points to some, it's dangerous rhetoric peddled by the likes of self-proclaimed misogynist Andrew Tate and popped up by streamers such as Aiden Ross, all of which basically advocate for men's position on top of a horribly patriarchal society that still takes advantage of women. Look at this article they wrote. They said, quote, I've been accused of being transphobic and misogynistic and more. However, I would like everyone to know that I have no problem with men, women, trans people, or any other group. As long as you're able to respect me as well, the pro said. People have been accusing me, showed me no respect, and went straight to conclusions, which doesn't make a good image for them. I mean, th this is like a perfect troll that they fell for. Com they completely fell for this. And like, they wrote the... They wrote this entire scred. It's kind of hard to read, actually. There's an idea called the human cycle, which cannot be stopped as long as humanity continues to exist. This has been the case since the inception of civilization. However, with unprecedented advancements in science, things might not be the same as they used to be. Whereas previously, only a small portion of people could afford being weak, the situation is different today. Most, I wouldn't say most, I'd say many, Western women, uh, men are today are feminine. And most of Western women today are masculine. Again, I wouldn't say most, but many. Men mistake being weak as being masculine. Men mistake being weak as being good. They don't often offend females. Yeah, I mean, I, I may not agree with every little thing in this, but, you know, it's actually incredibly based at points. And, you know, this is because the media had perpetrated this fake thing as, you know, such, you know, that they called toxic masculinity for how many years right uh and and they've basically attacked masculinity for many many years you know the reason for this shift is not as one-dimensional as one would believe as of course the main causes of modern disease is the fact that many plastic projects release estrogen and plastic is cheap to use for multi i mean maybe that's true i don't know there is probably some bizarreness but like here's the thing like I don't know, 50,000 people are going to see this now because I covered it. In Discord DMs with Kotaku, a hidden and unknown developer, the game, known only as The Pro, so the game loosely follows his own experience, though it's not an exact copy. The Pro explained that the game calls most Western men feminine and weak, and they don't necessarily believe that men are generally weak. However, anyone who has had easy life will be weak, for the most part. That might ring true. Not anyone. Again, I wouldn't go all the way with his like all or most, but certainly many. Uh, you know, and of course, like they trick, they just trick, uh, you know, these guys into reviewing. I don't think they actually want to sell this game. I, I can't imagine it. I, I, I mean, 
but they're getting all these articles. And again, the $2,000 scene game draws heat with opening men's rights message. So they get this too, and they get yet another article covering probably the only important part about it. You know, probably the only part about the game. Now, maybe they thought they were going to sell a bunch of copies of it. It seems unlikely uh, given, you know, the fact that the game is not much of a game and the fact that they picked a meme price of like $2,000. It seems extremely unlikely that they thought, you know, they were going to sell any amount of copies of this. But, uh, you know, I guess oopsie reporters because now everyone's just going to cover it anyway and his message is going to get out now maybe he won't get you know two thousand dollars a copy from people but something tells you that's not what they wanted in the first place and next up today youtube just had internal censorship documents revealed perhaps the most uh suppressed story in recent history continues to kind of get its own legs as thankfully uh, in a in a rare W for Twitter, uh, it kind of resisted the big tech censorship machine. And the original video put out by the, the boys over at PV has tens and tens of millions of views. It's reached critical mass now. It's reached a point where really most of everybody's either seen it or they've heard about it. And uh, it's it's become undeniable. It got so large that it seemed like Facebook, YouTube, and others all moved directly to quickly uh, de-boost the story as they as the, the terminology they like to use. Certainly every video I've ever done on it now at this point has at minimum been um, hit with the yellow mark of sadness um, and at worst seemingly suppressed no matter how like much I dance around stuff and I try to be vague. But uh, this will be another one I... I need you to share out on whatever social media you use, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever, because uh, this is a big, uh, big story too. Breaking YouTube Insider leaks urgent guidance document sent to employees on how to handle the PV video. Quote, effective immediately as of January 27th, 2023. Now, if you've been following the story, you know that uh, this video originally, I think at the time it got yeeted off of YouTube at somewhere around 800,000 or a million views. Um, far th and what's interesting is like much less than what you saw on Twitter. So almost certainly already kind of suppressed on, on YouTube, but it came out and then the company that was, you know, the big PF and their product did respond. They said claims have been recently made related to some of the research we've done in the ongoing development, uh, you know, they respond to it, essentially deny it. Fact-based information rooted in sound science is vitally important to overcoming the coof. And uh, of course, your good friends at, at Drug Co. Retain, remain committed to transparency and helping alleviate. Of course, you know, there's no like comments or anything like that. You know, you, you could see here on first post, they accept that it, quote, engineered new things after director revealed creation of strain to sell more products. You can see, you know, obviously Forbes picking a side here saying, no, the video doesn't prove that they're changing the coof. Well, it's true. It doesn't exactly prove it. I mean, he admits it. He says it emphatically, but yes, of course he could have been completely lying. Perhaps, you know, that this, this particular subject 
is is for smarter people than me to broach. I just try to fight against the censorship side of things. And this this um, internal memo is awfully curious. You know, response to their their po you know their point. They're basically saying here, Kyle Becker writes, they have not conducted this type of research except in its in a limited number of cases. That is, so they have done it. According to this, right? Most of this work is conducted using computer simulations or mutations of the known of the main protease, protease um, in a limited number of cases, such it may be engineered to enable the assessment. So they literally said that they do do it. 8,000 comments. Here's a snapshot of their response. You see the Hodgman says, we're at a point now where they don't even deny the crazy stuff and they're doing and they just gaslight people into believing it's all good. I mean, it, it's it's nuts. So what ends up happening is the video gets removed. You know, there's a huge public uproar, and rightfully so. People are like, hey, wait a minute. Are you creating a problem to then sell us the solution and a problem that will cost people's lives potentially? Uh, and, you know, you see here Tim Young. So they confirmed that they did exactly what they were being accused of. They just called it something else. Remember when Twitter did that with their shadow bans? They called it deboosting with, um, you know, all this, you know, all their. So then they could go out. So Jack Dorsey could go in front of Congress and say, we don't shadow ban and not be technically lying. But effectively, they just renamed it. They just renamed lying to, uh, I'm sorry, they renamed shadow banning and this stuff to deboosting. So you see this, of course, you know, an urgent guidance and this is just on their, their company pv video on the poke a clip uploaded by pv featuring a uh an official is rapidly spreading on the platform the video when uploaded in its entirety contains a time stamp that actually goes against the misinformation policy for making a categorical claim that the poke is ineffective and should therefore be removed unless it contains significant EDSA or CRC. So confirm that the following violative timestamp is present. Quote, undercover journalist asked Walker. So it was like a tiny slip up. Okay. So what they really need to do is upload the video. First of all, it's interesting that you have a whole like, you know, press release internally when an inconvenient video comes out and it's like they clearly scrubbed it second by second frame by frame to find any reason to get rid of it now james should have known better than this you can't have a statement like that in your video you can't just say that they're all you just can't it's a youtube rule i'm not saying i agree or disagree with it i'm not a scientist but i'm saying you've got to be super duper 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 careful when you're uploading something like this and you know you give them an out. I'm not blaming them. I'm just saying this is the system that we have to play in. Now, nowadays though, there are more, there are more alternatives. There are more options. This topic, obviously extraordinarily popular on sites like rumble, BitChute, odyssey that feature much less censorship, much less thumb of big tech, much less, much less oversight. You know, and I think that, you know, ultimately people should be able to, you know, talk about things that they want to talk about 
without fear of being banned. You can talk about something and be wrong. It's just you got to be careful about stating it as a fact. Um, action on the content. They were given a strike. They're saying strike if no sufficient CRC is present in the four corners title or description. I'm not sure what the EDSA and CRC actually are. Um, let me actually look at, I think it's some sort of disclaimer or something like that. EDC, YouTube. Um, you know, I don't know if they're even going to, I'm probably not going to find that. It seems like a internal acronym. Uh, approve. Example. Video has other segments of the clip, but does not include the violative timestamp above. Any content that includes a violative timestamp time listed above and also includes EDSA or CRSA in the four corners title or description. Why? It's important that we remove violative uploads of this content as it spreads harmful misinformation. So what this is, is they sent out this internal memo and they're like, whoa, we got a live one here that we got to deal with. And ultimately they did deal with it. They struck the video down. Now here's how it should work. It should just take the video down and say, Hey, there's this timestamp, whatever, whatever, please remove it and allow reupload. Wouldn't that be reasonable, a reasonable response? But even they didn't do that. So now what PV really has to do is go back and edit out that timestamp and then confirm with Google that there are no other violations in it. If they have some, that sort of connection, I don't know. It's certainly not something normal people, regular people have, and then re-upload the video, but you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. You know, I think the report that they put out was pretty, uh, spicy. You know, I think that any coverage of this, you know, obviously is getting deeply pressed down. But this is not exactly, this is not exactly, uh, oh, ED, this might be like, you got to put on screen that this is not true. Or, you know, you have to have like a, an asterisk or something like that. It's pretty interesting to me, uh, that they're so worried about that when they could have just, you know, why not just say, Hey, this little timestamp, you know, cut it and you're good. When your account that big, you make YouTube enough money that you should be able to have that kind of. That kind of uh, pull, but nope. And you know the the great cover up continues, uh, and there's not much we can do other than support alternative platforms, which a lot of people are doing. And last up today, Pokemon AI generated spicy video ruins Twitch streamer Atriox's career. I definitely wanted to end today on a bit of a palate cleanser. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what's happening to to men out there or what exactly I just saw, but it was definitely a grown man bawling his eyes out because he got caught watching uh, <clears throat> AI-generated spicy videos of Pokemon and somebody named Maya. I don't even... Apparently, they're his friends, and he was watching, and now he's bawling his eyes out on stream. What an incredible thing that could have just been avoided by being honest. You know, like he could have just said, someone sent it to me and I was curious. And then of course you will take a pummeling online as you should. And then everyone would just move on. But this story is so hilarious. I thought it was a great way to end, to end the day. Twitch streamer issued an apology after accidentally revealing that he watched 
a AI generated video of streamers Pokemon and Maya. This is a grown man. Stream to like create a pattern of. I don't know if this is his girlfriend or whatever. And she's in the background bawling her eyes out. The dude watched us. Are you kidding me? Like you're crying. She's crying because you watched a. a what? Well, they're probably crying more because he thinks that he's lost his career or that the money train's going to dry up. Uh, and, and the comments are unbelievable, too. A behavior where I really want, especially women on Twitch, to feel safer. Like, I, uh, we call fucking booba spam cringe. We don't do that there. I've never made, like, a weird, I don't know, seat-sniffing joke. I've never done anything like that. I've never done anything like that on a stream. And... Man, fellas, I'm starting to get on on board with the uh, the the uh, the spicy videos are just in general very bad. They're just bad for men. Look what this is doing. This is destroying this guy's life, and it was for an AI generated video of Pokemon and my. <laughs> I mean, by the way, uh, this would absolutely suck. Uh, for the woman involved in this, obviously that's not okay. Um, I think that, uh, you know, taking someone's likeness and doing this kind of thing with it is not okay. And also like, uh, get ready because, uh, we're going to have, I mean, this is going to be all videos like this. And like, by the end of this year, you're going to see, you're seeing all these AI generated images of women. Uh, of course they're going to be used in this industry. Uh, and it won't be long. It won't be long before, like, really, most people at first glance won't be able to tell the difference. We don't tolerate any sex behavior in the chat. We, we ban it on site. And, uh, and like, you know, I've been, I've been watching so much, and I'm in these discords, and I was, ugh, it's still so embarrassing to me. He tries, of course, like, this is the frame leaked by the streamer or a Chrome tab containing a spicy site. Of a of this particular video of Pokemon and Maya, I don't know who that is. Uh, can be seen. Like, does it? First of all, who cares? Okay, like we all know people watch these type of videos. Who cares? Um, it's it's like, you know, I got morbidly curious and I clicked. Some, this guy's acting like he's on trial, uh, facing a life imprisonment. It's like, and, and people are just crushing him in the comments. Like, poor guy, he accidentally clicked on a quote ad of his friends that somehow took him directly to the video and then must have made some sort of virus that made him pay for the full thing. To make it worse, the virus kept the window open and started his stream. <laughs> now, I don't know if he, if he really paid for it, but that's perhaps the biggest crime is paying for it. I was trying to get rid of the virus, so my pants just slipped down. Baby, just sit there and cry. Trust me, yeah, there's donut operator. Like, why are they crying? I don't understand. Uh, I, I don't. Why is he crying? Wait, is he, he's crying because he watched us. What? <laughs> like, what? What? Like, the real reason he's crying is because he thinks the money train is about to. Like, here's the thing. If it had just been, like, a whatever video, you know, a, a spicy tender time video. 
big whoop. You would have got memed on for like a day and it's whatever. Like anybody literally like pretending like they don't watch, uh, you know, these type of videos, like lots of people do. I know lots, you know, some people don't, but you know, you know, I would say most people probably don't, but plenty of people do. I would never judge someone for it. I think it's funny, you know, leaking it. Uh, but like, I don't even care about like DS, like DSP got, got caught cranking it. And like, even that's like, whatever, like, okay, this, we live in a, a world where everybody's online all the time. First of all, if you're going to do that, probably shouldn't do it from your, your, uh, streaming computer, believe me. Uh, but like, I, I don't know exactly they must just think his career is over because it's because of it's other Twitch streamers. You know, it's because it's Pokemane that he thinks Twitch will probably ban him. And they probably will. He explained he had a key, he had taken a keen interest in AI and deep deep fake technology such as AI art. When I was on a regular website and there was an ad on every video, and then I clicked it, and then I'm in this rabbit hole. I mean, get out of here, bro. You just you know it's like, oh, she's your friend. Or whatever. It's a popular woman on Twitch. You knew it was fake. So it's not like you thought it was their private video that got leaked or something like that. It's not like you ended someone's life. I got morbidly curious and I just clicked something. It's gross and I'm sorry. It's so embarrassing. I mean, I get why the women are mad. But him actually apologizing for this is worse because it gets shared out more. Fans were immediate with their backlash against the original clip, arguing that it was more egregious because he has acquaintances with some of the streamers and their partners. Following the apology, some have been more sympathetic and supported his claims that he has always tried to make a stream a welcoming place for women. This feels like one more of the more sincere apologies I've seen. I don't think it's sincere at all. Don't excuse anything, but... Cutie Cinderella has responded to the situation calling for people to stop spreading the site at all. Being seen in this position against your will should not be part of this job. Well, it's not you. Like that, that we'll disagree on that. But like, I understand, I'm sure why the women feel the way they do, but it's not you. Um, I'm sure it feels bad. It sucks. And obviously it shouldn't be streamed. It shouldn't be whatever. And people shouldn't be making money off of it. Uh, but you know, I'll stop short of, you know, you know, sweet Anita said, you know, the story is found out this, the story was how I found out that I'm on the very same website. I literally choose to pass up millions by not going into this type of work. And some random Cheeto encrusted addict solicits, uh, my body without my consent. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think that's a fair position as a woman. Uh, to have or a man if you were featured in these type of things, but I, I don't, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure that he's, it's not a good look. I mean, fellas, come on. This whole, I accidentally clicked on a pop-up bomb and then I accidentally slipped in, on the bottle of lotion and then I tripped over and uh, I just kept convulsing and I couldn't stop and you got caught, whatever. Let's not pretend like it's the worst thing that anyone's ever done. Uh, I think that the tearful apology is awfully manipulative uh, and cringe. Um, and uh, <laughs> whatever penalty Twitch rolls out here, and I suspect they will, uh, will be also probably too far. 
I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, make sure you leave a like on it. I'll leave a link to Meta PCs and also, of course, uh, to Coffee Brand Coffee. Uh, thanks everyone for supporting uh, both sites. You know, I don't own Meta PCs, but I do own Coffee Brand Coffee, but you get my gist. It's been a fun day. It's going to be a fun week. I'll talk to you on real soon.